We can stand for Uh, let's read from Proverbs chapter 8, verse 22. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way, <clears throat> before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, or ever the earth was. When there were no depths, I was brought forth when there were no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth, while as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the earth, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree, that the waters should not pass his commandment. When he appointed the, fountain, the foundations of the earth, then I was by him as one brought up with him, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth, and my delights were with the sons of men. Now therefore, hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Hear instructions and be wise, and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. For whoso findeth me, findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me, wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death. Amen. Thank you, Bulawani. I would have you shake hands, but there's really not a whole lot to room to move around. But um, it's good to see you today. Thank you for coming again. I think our children going to have a no, the smallest ones, just the smallest ones. Yeah. Take your Bibles, please. Turn to the Book of Proverbs. We've been doing a study in Proverbs. The first nine chapters are somewhat narrative and poetic, so we've just been going through these first nine chapters. We're in chapter 8, we're in the end passage, which is all about wisdom speaking. Really, Proverbs chapter 8 is about wisdom crying out, personified as a woman, and crying for us to love her, to love wisdom. That was last week's message, and today's message is to listen to wisdom. To listen. And so notice why I'm saying listen to wisdom's cry. Because the first verse of the chapter says, Doth not wisdom cry? And understanding put forth her voice. And so she's standing in those busy paths at the gates of the city where everyone is doing business and hustling and bustling and going here and there. And then at the end of the chapter, if you can please turn, look at verse number 32 where it says, now therefore, so here's the conclusion of the chapter. This is the conclusion of wisdom's cry. He says, now therefore, what? What does he say? What does she say? Hearken unto me. So listen, hearken means listen, right? Now what does verse 33 say? What's the first word of verse 33? Hear. So there again, hear instruction. That's the second time we're told to listen. And then 
in verse 34. Blessed is the man that what? Heareth. So I always look for those repetitions to see what the main idea is. The main idea here is listen. Listen up to wisdom. She has something to say to us. So today I want to just give you two main points. The reasons we need to listen to wisdom and the results. Why we need wisdom. And what is wisdom? Wisdom is the skillful application of the knowledge of God. That is your relationship with God. Skillful. You know God? You know Him? You know who Jesus is? Okay, so flesh out that knowledge skillfully and put that knowledge to work in your life. Live out that knowledge of God in your life. Let's pray. So now, Father, give us wisdom. Give us skillfulness to live out Your character, Your love, Your holiness, Your joy, Your peace, Your goodness, Your gentleness. Lord, help us to have that wisdom to live according to who You are by Your Holy Spirit in us. So now, Father, use this time and we glorify Your name, O God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Is somebody crying like in the... Uh... Where's that? Okay. Oh, 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 right there. Okay. I didn't know if it was on the Zoom or not. That's okay. Let your baby cry. It sounded like distant. We have a beautiful little baby. How sweet to hold. How old is your little one? One month. God bless you. Thank you for coming today. And congratulations on your little one. Okay. Thank you. Well, after the message last week, a young man came up to me. And he asked me, because I was preaching on how we need to love wisdom, but he said, well, how do we get wisdom? That's a great question. And I'm so glad that you asked that question. And really, in two simple words is the answer. We must ask God. Isn't that what James says? If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of me, and I will give to you what? That wisdom liberally. That means generously. He will pour out wisdom upon us. We have to ask God. But in order to really ask God for wisdom, we must love wisdom. So we really have to love wisdom, and we have to listen to wisdom's cry. And then we ask God, Lord, give me that wisdom. And so I pray that the Lord would give us that heart to ask Him, how do we get wisdom? If any man lack wisdom, let him ask. That's how we get it. And the thrust of this passage today I want us to see simply this, that God has infused wisdom into every aspect of His creation, from beginning to end. In other words, God, the God of power, did not create the world by power alone. He created the world through wisdom as well as with His power. And He infused wisdom into every part of His creation. And if He did that in His work, you have to do it in your work for God. You have to infuse wisdom. This is the application. We have to infuse wisdom into every part of our lives from beginning to end. As God did in the work of creation from beginning to end. So that's really what I want to share. And God's creation is full of His glory. His power, 
but his wisdom. We were out, actually out in Yosemite a few weeks ago and saw the beautiful waterfalls and the beautiful dome rock structures and the, the mountains and the rocks. God's creation is beautiful and it's infused with his wisdom. So, a few reasons why we must listen to wisdom. Beginning at, go up to verse 22. What are the reasons we need to listen to wisdom? The first reason is this, because of wisdom's antiquity. I put it that way. Wisdom has street credibility because wisdom is old. <laughs> listen to your elders. Wisdom was there before God created anything. That's what we're seeing here. Now, wisdom is not a person, by the way. But wisdom is personified in this passage so we can understand wisdom better. Wisdom is an attribute of God. But wisdom is speaking as a person here when she says, and I'll refer to wisdom as a she, because that's how she refers to herself. Verse 22, The Lord possessed me in the beginning of His way, before His works. So in other words, before God created anything, He wisely decided what he was going to do and how he was going to go about it. Verse 23, I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, before the earth was. So you see, that's the emphasis of these early verses. Wisdom was there before God began his work of creation. Before the earth, in verse 23, you see that? She was before what in verse 24? What was wisdom before in verse 24? You could talk to me. She was what? Before the depths, speaking of the deep ocean basins. And she was before the, the fountains and the waterfalls that we even see up here on the screen. Wisdom was before the beautiful waterfalls, the fountains abounding with water. What was wisdom before in verse 25? She was before what? Before the mountains, and also then before the hills. So you see the word before, before, twice. So wisdom's antiquity is emphasized here. Wisdom was before God began His work of creation. That's a picture I took, even another picture I took last week at Yosemite. Those beautiful waterfalls just cascading down and it almost when the water comes off those waterfalls it's like in slow motion it's like it almost seems to stop in midair it's so it's so beautiful so wisdom was before he began his work of creation that's my niece's husband and his daughter we just stopped and it was just so beautiful everywhere you just you want to actually take a picture of everything you see it's so beautiful it's full of god's power Creation is full of His wisdom. And when I look at this passage, and wisdom was, say, was saying here now, I was there from the beginning. I was there before God brought forth anything. I, I'm, I'm reminded of when God was questioning Job. Because we are easy to question God. Like, God, why did you do this? Why didn't you do it that way? And things happen in life that, that are painful and tragic. And we do wonder, naturally, why God allows what He allows. And all of us, at one point or another, we will ask, why, Lord? Why are you doing a certain thing a certain way? Job, of course, was asking why he was going through all this. But God asked him the question, simply said to Job, to kind of lovingly 
put him in his place. He said, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Job, were you there? Was he? No. He said, well, God in wisdom and power created the world, and he takes care of the world, and he will guide us and shepherd us through this life, dear friends. And we have to trust him. We weren't there. But guess what? Wisdom was. <laughs> so we need wisdom is the point. We need to listen to wisdom. And the point of this passage is really this. So God obtained wisdom, although He is wisdom, but the idea here is He possessed wisdom before He created the world. So, I want to talk to the young people here. Young person, you're thinking about your life. People are asking, what are you going to be when you grow up? I remember people when they asked me, I said, I want to be a veterinarian. Or, I want to be a baseball player. Then when I realized I couldn't throw to second base, I want to be a basketball player. When I realized I couldn't jump and dunk the ball, I want to be a football player. When I realized I was going to get crushed to death, I... <laughs> okay, so you know, you just, what am I going to be when I grow up? Well, we need to ask God for wisdom. Lord, what do you want me to be? As you're looking at your life, before you begin your life's work, ask God for wisdom so you can have wisdom in, in your life's work. I'm glad God called me to be a preacher. Maybe you're going to start a business, start a school. Maybe you're going to start a ministry. Before you start that school, before you start that ministry, before you start that business, or you're going to embark on a new adventure, ask God for wisdom before you begin that great work. Say, God, give me wisdom. I want your wisdom to be infused into everything that I do, that I could point people to you. We need wisdom before we begin our work every day. So ask God for wisdom each day before you begin your work. That new day, seek God. In the beginning of your way, each day, ask God for wisdom. That's the application here. When there was no depths, wisdom was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with with water, before God created anything, it says He possessed wisdom in order to do His great work. So how much more we need wisdom. The second thing we see in this passage is the ubiquity of wisdom. Uh, you know, I said a few weeks ago I like ubiquity. You know what ubiquity means? It means it's every, everywhere. And we were, I use this word in the context of the evil woman, that sin is everywhere. If you want to find sin, it's not hard to find. Because there's sin in this world. Everywhere you look, there will be an opportunity to sin. But thankfully, wisdom is everywhere too. So look for wisdom. Here we see wisdom's ubiquity in the work of creation. So we go from wisdom being there before God created everything. Now notice the word... In verses 27 through 29, the word when. We see wisdom very active during or when God was creating everything. God was creating everything. What was He using when He was creating everything? His wisdom. So look at the word when. In verse 27, when He prepared the heavens, I was there. When He set a compass on the face of the earth. A compass is the sphere of the, of the earth. When He established the clouds. When He strengthened the fountains of the deep. When He gave to the sea the decree. 
that the water should not pass His commandments when He appointed the foundations of the earth. And also kind of what's interesting, because remember this is poetry in this poem, in this section of wisdom's ubiquity being there during all the creative acts. The, po- the poet, the writer, begins in the heavens, verse 27, when he prepared the heavens, and then he's talked about the clouds, and then the fountains of the deep, and then the sea. So he started high, right? And he's moving to the earth. In the first part, I didn't mention this, but in the first part, he started with the earth and moved up to the high mountains. So... That's in poetry, it's a beautiful thing. So the first part, when he talked about wisdom's antiquity, he started low and went high. Now he's talking about wisdom's ubiquity, and he starts high, and he moves low. Wisdom was there when God created everything, when God was accomplishing His mighty creative acts. So in everything you see, whether it's a beautiful rose, whether it's a bumblebee doing its magic and miracle with the pollen and what a bumblebee does to make honey, or whether it's a blade of grass sparkling with the morning dew, God's wisdom is at work in little things and great things. God is a, power, a, God is a powerful God. And a God of great wisdom. And look at what the prophet Jeremiah said. Can you read that verse with me? It says, He hath made the earth by His power. He hath established the world by His wisdom. And hath stretched out the heavens by His discretion. Now that word discretion is translated often in our King James Bible, understanding. It's the same word. And actually this verse you'll see if you go to Jeremiah 51.15. I won't go there. It's a similar verse. And he uses the word understanding. It's actually the same Hebrew word. So discretion means understanding. Wisdom and understanding are often used synonymously, even as they are in the first verse of Proverbs chapter 8. He says, Doth not wisdom cry and understanding put forth? So here we have his wisdom and his discretion or his understanding. He made the world. Go back to Proverbs chapter 3, please. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse number 19. And notice and, and read that verse with me and keep your eye on Jeremiah ten verse twelve and see how similar it is. Proverbs three nineteen The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth, by understanding hath he established the heavens. So you see his wisdom and his understanding. And this is why also evolution is a huge lie. There's nothing in the Bible that says anything of God creating through evolutionary processes. God created through His wisdom and by His power. And any teaching of evolutionary ideas is an attack against the person of God. It's an attack against His character, against His nature, against His power, against His wisdom. We need to understand how this world works. And the way we understand how the world works is we know the God God who created the world. So notice as well in this passage, verse 29. Can you t- turn, look there for a moment? It says, When he gave to the sea his decree. Now that's an interesting word. 
he gave to the sea his decree that the water should not pass his commandment when he appointed the foundations of the earth. So when God created, he gave the sea his decree. Now that word is often used in the Psalms and in the other places of the Bible and it's translated statutes. You, you read Psalm 119, it's always like, oh, how I love thy statutes. His decrees. So God decreed to the seas that they were not to go beyond a certain point. Now, aren't you glad he did that? What is that called when the sea goes out a certain point, and then it comes in a few hours later, and then it goes out a certain point, and then it goes in a certain point later? What is that called? That's called the tides. So this, I believe, is a reference to the tides. Now, obviously, when there's storms, God puts those things to, to a side and allows a certain thing to go on with storms. I won't talk about that. But I want to say this. So God set boundaries for the seas in His creation, in the tides. And there's a picture of a low tide. Why did He do that? Is it good? Are tides good for you? Are tides good for the earth? Are tides good for the water? Are tides good? Yes or no? Yes, yes they are good. Tides are predictable for one. You know, if you're a, a person of the sea and you're a fisherman, you know when the fish are most best caught at what tide. Right? So the tides are good for the fishermen. They like, they like tides. And tides are predictable. Tides circulate nutrients. They remove the pollutants as the water goes in and out. It circulates. Do you know that tides help fish move more easily? When they move, the fish can swim with the tide. And actually, tides help the fish reproduce better. They, they meet more fish, I guess, or something. I don't know what happens in the tides, but something good happens for the fish. They reproduce more, as well as plants are able to reproduce with the coming and going of the tides. And fishermen, as I said, catch more fish. So what I'm saying is this. This is saying God has given a command to the tides, and those tides are good for the world. And they're good for the fish, they're good for us. God's commands are good. They're not bad. They're, they're for our best in mind. Because God is a wise God, and He's a good God. So this same word for decree, verse 29, He gave to the sea His decree, is used for kings that rule. In verse number 15. By me, kings reign, and princes, what? Verse 15, are you with me? Verse 15. Prince's decree. So, just like God makes rules that are for our good, we want to have rulers that make decrees or rules or laws for our good. And we have to obey those laws. If you're in a family and your parents make a decree, you're going to go to bed at whatever time. Five o'clock. What? I don't want to go to bed at five o'clock. That's not fair, you know. Well, if that's what your parents decree, you need to go to bed at 5 o'clock because maybe that, that, the next day you have to wake up at 3 o'clock. Okay? So they're going to make you go to bed at 5 o'clock that particular day. And they decree that. You have to listen to your parents. It's for your what? 
It's for your good because your parents have wisdom. They understand a situation better than you. I remember when I was a young person, I always wondered, why in the world do I have to go to school? School is the dumbest idea. I hated the person who thought of school when I was a young person. I wanted to be running around playing soccer and baseball because I was going to be a basketball player, right, for five minutes. But you know, somebody wiser than me thought about it, and school is. As I got older, I realized how important education and school is. And so, just as God has set boundaries in the sea for his earthly creation, and that gives the earthly creation what? Order and stability. So should those who rule put in good rules, good laws, that give order and stability to those who are under their leadership. Because in life, there's going to be rules. You have to have rules. You have to, there has to be order. There has to be stability. And, and we have to have those rules that are in place for our good. And as it says, God created the world. What did God create the world by? Through His wisdom and understanding. You want to build a house? You want to start a family? You want to raise kids? What do you need? God built His world and infused wisdom and understanding into every part of it. You want to get married and build a house? What must you have? Through wisdom is a house builded. And by understanding it is established. You see, we must build with the very same wisdom and understanding that God did. And where are we going to get that wisdom and understanding from? From the Lord and Jesus Christ who is our wisdom. Okay, so we see wisdom's antiquity, wisdom is old. Wisdom's ubiquity, wisdom is in every part of creation. Thirdly, wisdom's festivity. How do you like that word? Festivity. In other words, wisdom is celebrating. So wisdom, after the creation, it's like he's rejoicing, she's rejoicing beside the Lord after the creation. Verse 30 and 31. It says, Then I was by him, as one brought up with him, Look with me in verse 30. And I was daily His delight. God delighted in wisdom. And then wisdom says, rejoicing always before Him. So wisdom, if you will, as I said, being personified, becomes like a worshiper. And wisdom is worshiping. He says, I was worshiping. I was delighting. I was rejoicing. Wisdom says, I was rejoicing before the Lord in what He did and how He created. That's so beautiful. Wisdom was rejoicing beside him. Rejoicing, he says, in the habitable part of the earth. So wisdom was rejoicing in the earth that could be lived in, that God created. And why was wisdom rejoicing in this? He says, and my delights were with the sons of men. Who's the sons of men? That would be you. (laughs) Wisdom was delighting and rejoicing before the Lord that He created this world for you to enjoy. Because God has created, listen, God has created by His wisdom and understanding and power a beautiful world. And it's for us. God created you to inhabit this world. And wisdom is like rejoicing. That, wow, you get to enjoy what God has made. You know, it's kind of like that. And so, a few things about wisdom's festivity. We see the unbounded joy and the celebration of wisdom in God's creation and in man that we get to enjoy the wisdom 
of God's world. Isn't that a beautiful... Don't you love to look at the mighty galaxies? That is a galaxy. A whirlpool galaxy. Just so mighty, so powerful. So, it, it looks so... It, it's so immense, and yet it's so full of God's wisdom. But what we see here is there's wisdom. Wisdom is worshiping, in a sense. And there is wisdom in worship. That's why we're here. Even though we couldn't go to PS3, we have to come here today. You know what? It's wise. You made a wise choice today to come to the house of the Lord and to hear, hear a message from the Bible and try to understand the Bible a little bit better and to build up your faith, to, to gain wisdom. That's, that is wisdom. There is wisdom in worshiping the all-wise God. Because this says here that wisdom was rejoicing before Him. So we see the wisdom of work. Does that make sense to you? It's wise to worship God. Amen? And it's wise to rejoice in our works. So wisdom is rejoicing in the works that God did in this passage. Rejoicing before Him. Do you see the progression here? Wisdom is saying, I was there before God created everything. And then wisdom was there during the creation of everything. And now, after everything's been created, wisdom stands back and is in awe, worships God, and then rejoices in what has been created by wisdom. And so, wisdom is rejoicing in the work that God has done by using wisdom. And, you know, as we serve God and we infuse wisdom into our lives, we will rejoice. Now, we went to Grenada a few years ago and Micah made a skit for us. And I should have the whole team, but I didn't find a picture quickly enough to to have the whole team. But we did the skit in various places and it was fun. We had a really fun time. This was right before the pandemic. And it was a skit about uh, King Herod. I was mean old King Herod. And it was about the birth of Christ. And Ellie was in it. And maybe some of you were also there with us. And, and we did the skit in various venues. But we went to schools. This was a school that we went to in Grenada. And Micah dressed up into, in this really silly uh, costume with the camel. Look at his little stubby legs. I love those little stubby legs that Micah has there. But... Um, but, you know, doesn't he just look so happy? We, we, we rejoiced in that, didn't we? We had so much fun doing that skit. And Micah, pray for Micah, because he's going to be writing a new skit for our VBT this week. And Lord willing, we will rejoice in the work. And we need wisdom as we begin our VBT. Pray that God would give us wisdom. Now go to James chapter 3. And then we'll conclude the message with three points as we conclude. But go to James chapter 3, because this is wisdom's definition in the New Testament. And it's contrasted with the bitter wisdom of this world. And I want to begin up in verse 13. I'm just going to read this passage of James chapter 3 and begin at verse 13. He says, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Okay, so in other words, wisdom is a way of life. Wisdom is a lifestyle. Verse 14, But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, 
lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. So if you are a liar, a deceiver, and you're envying, and you're filled with bitterness, and you're filled with strife, that's not God. That's the devil. That's the, the wisdom of this world that we need to shed away and say no to. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Now, so what I've been saying is, we need, we need to ask God for wisdom before we start our work. We need to infuse all of our work with wisdom. And then after we do our work, we can stand back at what we did and rejoice and say, Thank God, that was great, and we'll have joy. Do you want to have that joy? So what do we need to do? What's the wisdom we need to infuse? Okay, verse 17. Can you read verse 17 and 18 with me? James chapter 3. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them. That's what we need to infuse into our work right there. Purity, gentleness, easy to be entreated, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality. Don't treat, don't have a double standard with people. Treat everyone with love, without any hypocrisy. Don't be a two-faced. Don't put on a mask. Be real. Now, we're all working on those. None of us are perfect. I know I'm not perfect in those things. As I, as I read those, you know what I feel in my heart? Some conviction. Because sometimes I'm not easy to be entreated. Many times my wife will say, ask me to do something, and you know what my initial response will be? No. That's not wise. That's wrong. I need to be easy. And I have to work on that. I have to work on some things. And I'm sure you have to work. I think we all can say, let's work on giving, being more wise in our lives. But this is a beautiful thing about wisdom. And as we live out wisdom now, the results, so the, those are the reasons we need to have wisdom. Because of wisdom's antiquity, wisdom's ubiquity, and wisdom's festivity, Third, and secondly, what are the results of listening to wisdom? Go back to Proverbs chapter 8, and this is the conclusion of the chapter. He says, now therefore hearken to me, O children. And then he says, blessed are they that keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise, refuse it not. And what's the first word of verse 34 again? Blessed is the man that heareth me. That's where the Psalms begin. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the... You know what that What does that word blessed mean? It means to be happy. Now, Tim Richmond was happy at our retreat. Now, look at all the people smiling and that. We were having fun, right? Tim won the game, I guess. The only one who said there was Nana, she's not happy. I guess maybe she lost, but Esther, Tina, and Douglas are looking pretty happy there. But anyway, we'll be happy... When we're wise. You know, God has a bad rap in this world. One of the biggest lies that Satan tells, you know what it is? It's that God is some kind of angry God with a, you know, a javelin. And if you step one little foot out of line, you watch, boom, he's going to nail you right between the eyes with that fiery flaming javelin. 
And that God is somehow harsh, rough, and hard to please. That is a common attitude that man has toward God. And it's not true. And Jesus often confronted this lie in his parables. Remember the parable where the man buried his talent? And he said, why would you bury your talent? He says, because I knew you were a hard man. It says in Matthew. And Luke puts it this way. I feared you because you were austere. That's a good King old English word. You were an austere man. You know what that means? You were rough. You're always angry. And so, I didn't want to deal with you. That's, that's how, and, and in that parable, it's a picture of God. Many people see God as unpleasable, harsh, rough, and God is misunderstood and maligned by many men. But this passage says that God wants us to be what? Happy. God does want us to be happy. And the way we're happy is not just to eat, drink, and be merry. It's not to parade around in our pride and say, I'm going to do what I want to do. It's not to rebel against God. That's not happiness. Happiness will not lead... If God made you a male, you will not be happy to try to be a female. If God made you a female, you will not be happy trying to become a male. You'll be happy if you submit to the wisdom of God that He's made you for His glory. He's made you by His power and His wisdom. And then you surrender and submit yourself to Him. And you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart who loves you and who created you, who is wisdom. Do you know, the fullness of God's wisdom is in the person of Jesus Christ. I love it in Corinthians. When you get in Corinthians... Paul's talking about the wisdom of the world. And by the wisdom of this world, they don't come to know God. But he concludes, he says, you know who the wisdom of God is? Jesus Christ, the wisdom of God. This world wants power. You know who Paul says is the power of God? Jesus Christ, the power of God. Jesus Christ, the wisdom. Jesus Christ, the power. He is the one who can make you truly happy in this life. He says it twice there. Blessed is the man that heareth me. You will have, you will have life. In, in verse number 34, he says, verse 35 then, verse 35, Whoso findeth me, findeth life. In other words, if you find wisdom, you will find a truly abundant life, and you will gain, ultimately, eternal life. Because ultimately, if you find the wisdom I'm talking about, you will come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Because this wisdom begins when we come to know that we're a sinner, and because of our sins, we're separated from God. Separated from God, and the penalty of sin is death. But Jesus Christ came precisely to bear the penalty that we deserve, to die in our place. I heard my whole life, oh, Jesus died for you, Jesus died for you. I never understood it until I realized I was a sinner who deserved death. Then I realized how much I needed Jesus Christ. He died for me on the cross so I don't have to die separated from God. And He died that I might have life. Go back to Proverbs chapter 3. Look in Proverbs chapter 3, please. And verse number 17 and 18. It says, Her ways are ways of pleasantness. Again, talking about wisdom. All her paths are peace. She is a tree of life. We're talking about life you will have life. She's a tree of life. That's Garden of Eden living. The closest 
the closest way we can have a Garden of Eden kind of life. A home that's like the Garden of Eden. A church that's like the Garden of Eden. Although, you know, we're all going to come short because we're still sinners in this world. The closest we can find it in this world is through wisdom. It says, she is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her. And verse 18 says what? Happy. Happy is everyone that retaineth thee. So when we have wisdom, we have abundant life. We have a happy life. And yesterday we had a happy time, didn't we? We, we had a baptism yesterday at the Kali home. And what a blessing to see those baptized. And then lastly, we will obtain favor of the Lord. Favor of the Lord. Now go back to Proverbs chapter 8. And it says, And you shall obtain favor of the Lord. You shall obtain favor. Now what does favor mean? It means you'll be approved of the Lord. You'll be accepted by the Lord. You will, you will obtain favor of the Lord. You will be the object of His delight is the idea. So, you know what I love in the summertime? And I finally was able to find some good ones this week for the first time this summer. Because every morning I have my Wheaties. You know I have my Wheaties. And what do I most like to put on my Wheaties? A peach. And I found, but I have to find acceptable peaches. So I went to Key Food. And I look at the peaches because peaches can be very deceptive. You can look, oh, that peach will look so good. And then you bring it home and you bite and it's dry. I hate a dry peach. I throw it in the garbage. Or you ever get a peach and it literally, it, it, it rots from the inside out from the, the, oh, I just throw them away. You can't eat them. You can't eat a, a, a peach that's no good. It's unacceptable. But when a peach is juicy... And when I mean juicy, I mean you bite into it and the juice just runs. You can't even stop the juice from running down your cheek. Man, that is like the best fruit in the whole world, except maybe a mango. But we won't argue about that. But for me, I just, I want to find an acceptable peach. And when I found, I went to Key Food the other day and I started picking up the peach and I picked up one. I said, I'm going to bite it. And I bit it. It was good. So I put it in my bag. I'm not going to just put, I'm not going to put it back. Okay. <laughs> And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to just throw it on the... No, I'm going to buy it, but I've got to test it. I said, I'm going to test one more. Make sure it's acceptable. So I picked up one more peach. I bit into it. Oh, perfect. I put it in my bag. And then I put 12 more in my bag. Okay? <laughs> and, and I bought them all. And, and so, uh, but the, the idea here is we can be found acceptable of the Lord. How? The last verse, and then we'll close. Go to Proverbs chapter 12. Verse number 2. What does it say in Proverbs chapter 12? Verse number 2. It says, Who finds favor of the Lord? <coughs> what kind of man? A good man. A good man obtains favor of the Lord. But now, you, you know what our problem is? You know what your problem is? You know what my problem is? We ain't good. Excuse my English. We're not good. What are we? By nature. In sin did my mother conceive me. We're not good. Who's good? There's none good, it says. But Jesus Christ is good. 
Jesus Christ is the only one. And when I say good, I mean absolutely good. I'm not saying he's good half the time. Jesus Christ is 100% good 100% of the time. There's no sin in him. There's absolutely no sin in our Lord Jesus Christ. He is without sin. He is the Son of God. He is God manifest in the flesh. He is wisdom. And that's why we believe in him. And you know what happens? When we believe in Jesus Christ, that He died on the cross, God takes our sin away. And when we believe in Jesus Christ, Jesus gives us His goodness. So that when God looks at us, He doesn't see your sin anymore. He sees the goodness of Jesus Christ in you. And that's how you can become good. To obtain favor. A good man. The only goodness through which we will ever obtain true favor and to be acceptable in God's sight is the goodness of Jesus. But guess what? I have good news. He who is all wise, Jesus, offers His goodness to us. He offers salvation to us. So make sure you're saved. Make sure you're born again. Because this is a matter of life and death. Proverbs chapter 8 says, He that sinneth against me wrongs his own soul. All they that hate me Love death. Love life. Love Jesus. And let's ask Him to give us the wisdom we need. Let's stand together as we pray. Let's stand together as we pray. Thank you for your kind attention today. Thank you for being in the house of God today. This is not a mistake that we're here. And it's not a mistake that you've come. We need to listen to wisdom's cry. God possessed wisdom before He created the world. We need wisdom today before we go out into a new week. God created wisdom. God created the world, infusing wisdom into every part of His creation. We need wisdom. We need that purity, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated full of mercy type of spirit. Lord, give it to us, we pray. Ask God to give you His wisdom now to skillfully infuse wisdom into every part of your life. And then you'll be able to rejoice at the end of every day. You'll be able to rejoice at the end of that task complete. You'll be able to rejoice at the end of your life and look back and say, I live my life by the grace of God, with the wisdom of God. Thank You, Lord. You'll live a happy life. An abundant life. A life obtaining favor of the Lord. Through God's wisdom. Through Jesus Christ and His love for you. How many would say, yes, Pastor Matt, that's my desire? Yes, to have the wisdom of God and to live out that wisdom of God, to be a person of integrity, to lead others courageously, to learn wisdom, and to live it out in my life. Can I see your hand? Just put it up. Say, yes, Lord. And as you put your hand up, God has convicted you about any lack of wisdom in your life. As I mentioned, for me, it was easy to be entreated. Maybe for you it's purity. Maybe it's for you a lack of meekness a lack of gentleness. Ask God to give you His wisdom. And you can put your hands down. Is there anybody here today who would say, Pastor Matt, I'm not saved. 
If I were to die today, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven, but I want to know. I want to make sure, absolutely sure, if I died today, I would go to be with Him. I want to find favor of the Lord. I want the goodness of Jesus Christ to be infused, imparted into me, imputed to me. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sin, and He rose again bodily from the grave. And now I call upon Him for salvation and for wisdom. Can I see your hand? Is there anyone? You're not sure you're saved, but you need salvation. Thank you, Lord, for this day. And we love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. And let's stand and we'll sing two stanzas of this beautiful song, The Perfect Wisdom of Our God. Amen.